Welcome to this episode of Sunday Reprise, where we bring the church to you and deliver nothing but the truth. Brought to you by Maranatha Family Church International Ministries in Davao City, Philippines. We hope this message will bless you. Let's go. Today, uh, we're going to continue with our series, I mean the, yes, series on famines in the Bible. And finally, we arrived to uh, the New Testament, okay? (laughs) Now, (laughs) we're on the New Testament, okay? On part 10, okay? Now we're on part 10, but uh, uh, part 9, if you missed last week's uh, episode, that famine we discussed was a spiritual famine. And if you think uh, spiritual famine is lesser a threat compared to a a scarcity or shortage of food or physical food, then you are wrong. Because the truth of the matter is, uh, spiritual famine uh, can uh, result to a greater catastrophic effect or, or disaster in the in the in the country, okay? Because uh, that's why the Bible says, "Blessed is the country whose God is the Lord." <laughs> yeah, and what if the Lord, you know, w- w- when people try to look search for the word of the Lord, they they, they don't get any rema, no no guidance, nothing, just because. You know, it was a time of discipline and, and judgment and things like that, you know. So, a spiritual famine is, is a serious matter. And so, um, if you, you don't know what that is, uh, I encourage you to watch our previous episode, which is uh, part uh, 9 of this series on famines in the Bible. So, today... We're going to talk about the famine that happened after the time of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus Christ. You know, he went back to his Father in heaven. And, um, of course, uh, uh, there was a prophesied famine to come uh, in the land. Okay, so the title or subtitle for our topic for today part 10 of famines in the bible is famine in the time of claudius caesar now who is this guy okay he was an emperor or the fourth roman emperor who, who emperor who ruled the roman empire from ad 41 to 54 ad okay so again this famine was predicted by a christian prophet uh, by the name of Agabus, uh, a prophet from uh, Jerusalem. Okay, so that's uh, Acts chapter 11. So let, let's read that. But uh, to understand the context, why not uh, we begin with verse 19 all the way to verse 30? No? Um, okay, Acts 11, 19 to 30 says, Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Verse 20, Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. 
Verse 21, The Lord's hand was with them, and great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. You know, this is what I dreamed today also, that uh, this could happen in our time. You know, it's uh, a revival or a, a great awakening to happen. All right. So verse 22 says, News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw that the grace of God had done, what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged, and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. Okay, and 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 today I would like to encourage you, especially if you're a new Christian, read the book of John. That I suggest the first book that you should read. In the, in the Bible, is found in the New Testament, that's the book of John, especially John chapter 15. Okay, but begin with verse 1, uh, chapter 1. But in John 15, the same thing, uh, it's about uh, an exhortation to continue in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that you have believed and accepted or committed your life to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know, continue to walk with him so that's why john 15 you know encourages all believers to remain true to abide in the lord jesus christ so the same thing okay if you read the verse 22 he was glad you know uh barnabas was glad and in, and he encouraged them all to remain true to the lord with all their hearts uh, verse 24, he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to, the, to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So in history, Christianity or people who believe in Jesus and Yeshua HaMashiach were first called Christians in Antioch. Okay, so hallelujah. That's good. So verse 27 says, during this time, okay, this is our passage for today. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up through and through the Spirit or the Holy Spirit, predicted that there that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. Not the entire world. Okay, it says uh, that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. All right, so it's not a global thing, but it's but in the context of the Roman Empire, it's a globe. It's in the whole <laughs> empire of the Roman world, or let's say something like that. Okay, so this happened during the reign of Claudius. All right, so verse twenty nine says the disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help. For the brothers and sisters living in Judea. 
This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. So you see, uh, uh, Barnabas and Saul were, you know, they are travelers. They travel, okay, they come, visit, and train people. And as they travel, they, they also bring food uh, to the Judean uh, brethren. Because uh, although there was famine in the land, and... Um, but uh, they have more provision in, uh, in uh, Antioch, okay? So they send uh, food to the Judean brethren. So th that's according to, I think, history, okay, that I read about this, uh, this uh, event, okay? Um, all right. So again, uh, Agabus stood up, verse 28. Through the Holy Spirit, predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. So we are talking about uh, um, famines in the Bible. Now, this is uh, in the New Testament. So, uh, of course, uh, according, according to historical writings, uh, that prophesied severe famine by uh, the prophet Agabus from Jerusalem. Uh, took place sometime uh, 44 AD to 48 AD. That means uh, it was uh, like uh, uh, four years, okay? Three to four years famine. While Claudius Caesar, which is the fourth Roman emperor at the time, uh, ruling uh, that ruled uh, the Roman Empire, okay? From AD 41 to uh, 54 AD. So, so, but how do we know that? That uh, it came to pass during that time? Besides that, uh, uh, was that Acts, Acts 11 verse 28, okay? Acts chapter 11, 28 mentioned that this prophesied severe famine by Agabus happened. Okay, so the fulfillment was also mentioned in the same verse, verse 28. Okay, uh, Agabus prophesied through the Holy Spirit or predicted that there's going to be a severe famine. And at the same time, it says, it was told, it was said that this famine happened during, during the reign of Claudius. Last part of verse 28. So now uh, the Bible confirms it, that it really took place. It really happened. But uh, what else? Do we have other uh, manuscripts or, or, or writings or in the past by historians that points to the same event that this famine really happened? Okay, so guys... Uh, I want to tell you that we have two, two secular sources to confirm the famine Agabus prophesied really came to pass. Okay? So, first, the Roman historian Gaius Suetonius Tranquillus. Tranquillus. So, I... <laughs> If you know the right pronunciation, okay, go for it. But, uh, you know, but the thing is this. Uh, uh, 
you can read it. It's spelled as uh, Gaius Suetonius Tranquillus. So he's a Roman historian, okay, uh, who wrote about the life of Claudius, okay? So Suetonius wrote about the famine that affected the entire Roman world, a famine that lasted from 44 AD to 48 AD during the reign of Claudius Caesar from 41 AD to uh, 54 AD. So there you have it, folks. There you have it. So it's very clear that the, you know they, they give more details. But the point is, uh, it was mentioned by this historian that it happened, it took place during the reign of Claudius Caesar. Okay? So the Roman historian Suetonius wrote that the famine was so great even in Rome that mobs abused Claudius Caesar uh, at one uh, meeting when there was a scarcity, it says in his writing, he says, when there was a scarcity of grain because of long, uh, where is that? Uh, long continued droughts, okay? He was uh, one stop in the middle of the forum. So maybe uh, while he was talking, he was stopped in the middle of the forum by a mob and so uh, assailed no, with the abuses at the same time with pieces of bread. So people th threw things and at him or even bread <laughs> that he was, you know, barely able to make it, uh, to make his escape out of the, the chaos, no, to, to the palace. By, in fact, he, he was able to escape at the, by the back door. And after this experience, uh, he resorted to every possible means or, uh, you know, uh, to, to bring uh, grain to Rome. So he, he made sure that he, he was able to provide. And he did provide it for Rome during the, the famine time. So we don't know uh, where they, they obtained um, you know, the grains for the population, but it says in history by the writings of uh, uh, what's his name, Gaius Sotonius, is that uh, you know they were able to provide even during the winter season. It says so, and if you want to read that, if you have a copy that's in chapter 18 of the book written by uh, Sotonius on the life of Claudius. Caesar. Okay, so now uh, we have another. This is the second confirmation that we have. Okay, the first is the Bible. Second is uh, this historian, a secular source, which is a Roman historian, Suetonius. Okay, uh, the second secular source we have that confirms that this uh, famine really happened is the first century Roman Jewish historian he, by the name of Flavius Josephus. Yeah, it's pronounced, they said as Flavius <laughs> Josephus. So you can pronounce this as Flavius Josephus. So it's Josephus, okay? So uh, Flavius Josephus made mention of the famine which occurred 45 A.D., so what coincidence? It's the same, it's same time, same place. They were, you know, uh, forty-five A.D. 
Now, Helena, okay, queen of Adiabin, Adiabin, okay, being at Jerusalem at the time, procured or secured or they, she got or she acquired corn from Alexandria and figs from Cyprus. Cyprus. Yeah, but the Google pronounced it as Cyprus. Okay, Cyprus, for its poor inhabitants. So the thing here, uh, friends, is that uh, we can get hint what people, you know, secured during the famine in their time. Okay, long ago, there was this famine prophesied by Agabus, confirmed by the Bible, uh, by Dr. Luke uh, through the book of Acts, con and confirmed by... Uh, uh, who is this Roman historian Gaius in his writing about the life of Claudius and also confirmed by Josephus, who is also a first century Roman Jewish historian. So we see that uh, uh, this famine really took place and uh, one of the food that they made sure uh, uh, they they have to for the people who are uh, starving <laughs> to feed the people that are starving with their starving stomachs. <laughs> okay, they 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 f they gave them grains like corn. Okay, and and also figs. So uh, this is a, a good tip from the historian Flavius Josephus, okay? Corn and what? Figs. Because corn is high in carbs or carbohydrates and packed with fiber, vitamins, and minerals. Uh, it's, it's also relatively low in protein and fats. That's why this is a good food for those who are... You know, they have a complicated, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, they maybe in health, you know, they, they, they need to eat healthy food. So uh, doctors will advise them instead of eating white rice, you know, you, you eat uh, uh, corn. Okay. So why? Because corn is also rich in uh, vitamin C. It is also an antioxidant that helps protect uh, the cells of our body from from damage and wards of diseases, like uh, let's say the YouTube. Uh, I mean, uh, internet says uh, it wards off diseases like cancer and heart disease. Uh, it says yellow corn is a good source of the carotenoids, lutein, and zeaxanthin, which are good for the eye okay for eye health and help prevent the lens damage that leads to cataracts so if you want to uh you know to have a uh, good eye health or you know uh, prolong the i don't know how to say it but you know i'm not a doctor and a scientist but it's good for the eye okay that's the to make it short okay it's good for the eye and so i guess we should start to plant corn also <laughs> okay calories <laughs> because uh, if there is going to be a famine you know uh, greens leafy greens will not uh, 
sustain us, you know, uh, physically, because uh, according to David the Good, you know, he has a YouTube account uh, on a survival gardening. He said that our, our, our digestive system or we're not created like the rabbit or, <laughs> or like, you know, the, the goats. Um, and so we will get hungry if we just eat greens or leafy greens. We need calories, okay, to satisfy this hunger. Um, okay, so yeah, so we need calories. So uh, include that in your uh, plan, okay, if you want to buy seeds to plant edible food to eat for your family, uh, to prepare. Uh, to, 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 you know, this is the time to begin. You know, don't wait for the famine to happen. Uh, this is the time, you know, uh, because uh, there's a lot to learn with farming thing, okay? You think farming is just put the seed and water it and that's it? No, there's a lot of things we need to learn concerning farming. You know, just because everyone eats. That's why we need to learn basics on farming. In fact, it's in the Bible. If you read the Bible, there's so much, so much information about farming. You begin with the book of Genesis. You realize, I realized there's so much amazing facts in the Bible concerning farming, which are not taught. You know, you don't really hear them nowadays because uh, we're doing modern farming but i tell you and one of the greatest thing that I, I i i that you can read about farming in the bible is that god himself okay the, i mean the lord yeshua the lord jesus mentioned in john chapter 15 that his father Okay, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches, and his father is the what? He is the gardener. <laughs> okay, uh, can, can we read that? Uh, John chapter 15. Can, can you open uh, the Bible, John 15? Uh, verse, John 15. Oh, no, no, my internet is off, so... John, where is my Bible here? Okay, John 15. Uh, how do I use this? Some New Testament, John 15. Okay, he says, I am, I am the true vine, and my father is the husband man. Okay, this is King James. It's so deep. Okay, let's uh, look for another version. Um, let's say, um, what do I have here? New century version. I like news. Oh, no. My internet is off. So, it says, what version is that? I, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Okay? He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will even, it will be even more fruitful. Now, I have a friend, uh, Pastor Oni, okay, <laughs> from a Foursquare Church. He is planting 
he plans uh you know uh uh, uh what is shrub or 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 plants from israel like uh what is this plant i forgot he has grapes pomegranate right <laughs> and he gave us pomegranate well, how do you pronounce that again pomegranate so <laughs> pomegranates oh okay whatever okay so if you want to see how is that spelled uh, you google it so you know what uh, i tried to you know uh germinate the seed, those seeds and it 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 sprouted and it's outside so thing is that um, yeah it can be done it can be done and, and my point is that uh, if if you want a model you say oh well i am a pastor i'm a religious person and i don't want to touch dirt i don't want to touch soil i'm a clean man and uh, i don't want to put my hands in the soil well you don't want to do gardening, but don't you know that the God that you serve is a gardener? Okay, he's a farmer. <laughs> okay, and his farm, okay, of course, uh, uh, it may not be literal, but the principle of farming, okay, the principles that are, that, the, you know, you know what? The principles are already in the Bible. If you apply them, you will be successful in your edible garden, gardening. Okay? Just do it. I tell you, you will appreciate the Bible. And, and you realize, oh, that is why the Lord Jesus said this and that. Because it really works. Of course, it will work. Because it is God who created everything, all things. And He, he, he designed it. So He knows how how uh, creation works <laughs> okay by design how nature works now the nature that a lot of people are worshiping you know this nature that you, you you know you appreciate is actually made or created by a creator he's the god of israel he's the god of abraham isaac and jacob no wonder abraham isaac and jacob was successful in when they planted crops because they knew and because God's favor was with them. And so uh, I encourage you, start to study, to do your research, and start to plant. Okay? Alright? So uh, we will conclude this uh, series next week. Okay? So it's going to be our last episode next week. And I have a guest who will be joining me. <laughs> Okay, and we will discuss about a future famine. Okay, no longer about the 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 previous famines that was written in the Bible, but a future famine that is also written in the Bible. Okay, uh, and uh, and we will share with you what to do. I mean, uh, what we can do. You see, uh, yesterday, uh, Sir Ken Sandberg is a professor of mine in a Bible school. And, um, you know, he, he shared something, you know, uh, about what we can do to prepare in case a famine would take place sometime, anytime in the future. Who knows? Okay. We don't know when. Uh, but, you know, better, better ready than sorry. Okay. Be ready. The, of course, better be ready than be sorry. 
So, join us again next week for some tips. Okay, some tips on what we can do. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, we were doing some free trainings on urban farming. You know, we, we encourage people to start planting. Okay, even if uh, we call it urban farming because uh, we are situated in a city where we really don't, a lot of us don't have a, a, a farm land. Okay, so most people in the city, they live uh, in, you know, some lives in apartment, in a dorm. Um, and so you don't have a place to plant everything you want to plant. So, how can you plant in that, you know, in that uh, conditions? So, uh, we plant in pots. And I believe uh, it will work because we experimented on it and it worked. And, um, and so, may the Lord <laughs> teach us, you know, how to... I mean, if the Lord favors us, you know, I know that God's favor is with us. So... Success will be coming from him, okay? So, at least we, we'll just do what we can to provide for our family. You know, the government cannot help everyone. If you keep on waiting for the government to supply you with uh, food, guess what? Look, how many government uh, institutions do you know? I mean, that, that can come and, and feed your hungry stomach. You see, uh, we have one government, okay, in the Philippines. Okay, all agencies are represented by one government. But think about this. If we have one national government to... Come to the aid of those people who will be needing food to eat just in case a shortage of food will happen anytime soon. Guess what? How many people, how many families that are waiting besides you? <laughs> wow. So do you think uh, you will be uh, prioritized in the least? Most likely not. That's correct, John. Most likely not. Because during the uh, the beginning of the pandemic, you know, 2020, we were waiting for that to happen. But, you know, the government will look for the, you know, the area where the poorest people are and, you know, they accommodate them first, you know. Uh, and uh, But we were also given, you know, a portion uh, after... Maybe a year or what. I don't know. So, but we were happy that the government, you know, cared and uh, they uh, gave us some, um, what's ayuda in English? Uh, aid. Aid, yeah. So, guess what? If there is going, th that's the pandemic. What if a famine? Okay, what if there's going to be a famine? So, I believe. Uh, the best thing uh, to do is to act now, okay? Um, I hope you can join or you can ask help from some of our students or trainees in the urban farming 
to help you okay you can set up uh, you know you can gather or encourage uh, church mates those who are interested to plant now we have a lot of plantitos and plantitas you know you already have a basic experience in 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 gardening why not okay why not switch to edible plants from decorative plants to edible plants because you know what if something happens at least okay you can eat something you can eat something i have not seen anyone ate their decorative plants now, i'm not against against you doing that you know you plant orchids this because it looks beautiful it gives you uh, psychologically you know it helps you relax and and enjoy the scenery the the beauty the colorful flowers i like it you know i like to stay in a place with 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 so much um uh flowers uh, colors okay so it helps you it helps you emotionally especially but okay but if your stomach is hungry you know you cannot eat them so at least okay you 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 do it 50 50 okay 50 decorative and 50 for food okay this is just a suggestion if you don't like it it's up to you but i'm just you know uh, sharing with you that's why uh, you know uh, we ha already have five batches or five groups uh, of uh, you know people who started with us uh, um, learning together uh, how to farm in an urban setting so guys uh, okay so that's it uh, I hope you join us again next week. Again, uh, it's going to be our last uh, topic for famines in the Bible. And everything that we uh, talk about, the topics, you know, the series that we do in our online church is actually significant. Okay, It, it has relevance in our days. And so soon we're going to, you know, soon... All our topics will be uploaded in YouTube also, so that uh, almost done, right? And so that um, our our goal is that more people, okay, will be able to hear and prepare and know what's ahead, and so uh, we can all be together in the kingdom of God. Okay, there's going to be after all the the chaos that's gonna come into this planet. Okay. <laughs> We're going to be happy forever in the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you will not miss it. Because I'm sure every one of us have attended a lot of weddings. Okay? And that is just, okay, that is just a, a picture, okay, of what it is going to be. Because there's going to be a grand wedding feast. I mean, reception. Okay? In heaven, you can read that in Revelation. When Jesus comes, it's going to be there's going to be a great banquet in heaven. Okay, so um, anyway, uh, the thing is, uh, you need to be in Christ today. Okay, if you have not given your life to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is the time that you give your life to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, because you know what. Without Jesus, you will not be saved. 
no no matter how many churches you attend to even if you get baptized in all those churches okay you will not be saved because salvation is not through a religion okay salvation is what salvation is not something that you can earn by doing good works okay salvation uh, can be obtained through a person what through a person yes through a person that is what the bible says okay john 3:16 what does it say it say it says for god so loved the world the people of the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him so salvation is found in who in a person not in religion okay that whosoever believes in him that's a person in him who in his son yeshua or jesus that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but will have everlasting life why and how 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 is that i mean why and how how and i mean maybe some of you that's confusing okay let's let let me give you a little background okay god created the heavens and the earth everything was good until one of his creation rebel that's lucifer that's the devil and then what he tempted man to rebel against god and so everyone because man cannot pay for his sins adam and eve so sin was passed down to all men down the line down the so we uh, a sin virus was passed on all men so everyone who is born into this world in this physical world has also a what the world calls human nature but the bible calls it sinful nature so even if nobody will teach you how to commit sin or how to you know you you, it's like you're obliged to commit sin because you have the sinful nature in you in your flesh okay that is how sinful nature was passed down to all men that's why everyone who was born into this world are sinners okay even if you have not committed any sin at all you're already a sinner because sin was imputed in us through our forefathers everyone that has a biological father have sinned and are sinners okay before they were born or when you were born and so because we're sinners we're judged we're doomed we're not saved okay so the moment you were born into this world you are not saved yourself okay so when you die you're not going to go to heaven and so what god did because he is a just god justice must be served someone must take the penalty for our sin and so he sent his son the lord jesus christ in a form of man okay he represented man he was our sin offering our perfect sin offering so he was our sin offering he died in the cross he took our place and he was sinless that's why because yeshua or jesus was sinless when he died uh, a substitutionary death on the cross that is why he can do that okay he was able to pay for our sins because he was sinless 
and he took the form of man to represent man that's why Jesus was our sin offering so Jesus paid it all when he died in the cross and since the transaction of the payment our sins were atoned by his death on the cross therefore transaction is completed therefore on the third day Jesus rose from the dead that is a fact and a proof that in Jesus he has conquered sin and death that through Jesus our sins are forgiven because he rose from the dead on the third day okay so if you put your trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior you will be saved Okay, so you have to understand that trusting in Jesus as the sin offering who took your place, who died in, in your place, who paid for your debt as a sinner, and so, so that you can be set free from the consequences of sin, from the predicament of sin, then you just obtained Okay, eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. Just believe. That's why I told you salvation is not found in anywhere else but through Jesus alone. Okay? For God so loved the world, the world, uh, the, the fallen world, that He sent His Son, He gave His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, so that whosoever, what? Believes in Him shall not perish. Another verse in John chapter 14, it says, uh, um, I am the way. Okay, what what place is that? Maybe uh, John John fourteen six, right six. It says Jesus answered, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." Jesus did not say, "Go that way," or "That's the way," or "No, no, no, that way," or whatever he did not point to he did not point anywhere but what did the lord jesus said he said i he said what i am the way which means he is the way so salvation is found through a person and who is that person yeshua or jesus he is the way okay so if you're looking for salvation, for eternal life, look to Him. He is the way. He is your, the door to eternal life. Apart from Jesus, you will not be saved. Apart from Him, there is no salvation. That is why, friends, I encourage you to put your trust in Jesus because He is the way, the truth, and the life. And if today you would like to do that, we want to give you this opportunity to pray a prayer of salvation just by faith. I know that it's not, this, this prayer is not written in the Bible, but the basis of this is purely biblical. You have to confess with your heart, with your mouth, and believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord, that God raised Him from the dead, and you will be saved. Okay, so let's pray this prayer right now. Now, if you want to give your life to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please pray after me. Say, Father in heaven, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray 
I believe that Jesus died in the cross to pay for my sins and that He rose from the dead on the third day. I confess that I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. Forgive my sins and cleanse me with the blood of Jesus. Today, I entrust my life to Jesus as my personal Lord and only Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, friends. Thank you for praying that prayer with us. And if you pray that prayer sincerely or with all your heart, welcome to the family of God. It's time for you to, you know, this is just the beginning. Okay, so uh, continue to walk in Christ. Colossians chapter 2, 8. That's your assignment. Please read it. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. So now that you believe or receive or accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, as the Christ, when you say Christ, Messiah, okay, that's Colossians 2, 8. So now that you believe that Jesus is the what? The Christ, the Messiah. Messiah means Savior. You believe Jesus as your Savior? Colossians 2, 8 says, continue, okay? Start to walk with God, okay? So, how do you do that? First, start reading the Bible. And we encourage you to start with the book of John. I know the Bible, there's so much books in the Bible. In fact, the Bible is a library, okay? Uh, it contains a lot of books from the Old Testament and New Testament, but I'd like for you to point your eyes on the book of John. That's in the New Testament. Second, look for a church near you, a Bible-believing church, because not all churches believe in the Bible or esteems the Bible as the final authority. It should be a church okay, that, that looks up to the Bible as the final authority. So, again, okay, because you need brethren, matured Christians, fruitful Christians who went ahead of you to help you, to walk alongside you as you begin your journey in Christ. Okay? So wherever you are, look for a church, a Bible-believing church. Okay? So first, read the Bible. So thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. We hope to, that you join us again next week for, to, for our final episode on the series on famines in the Bible. So we're going to talk about the future famine prophesied in the Bible because today we just discussed a, a, a severe famine that was prophesied by Agabus. But if that is a severe famine during that time, you know what? I mean, we've been, we discussed famines from the Old Testament, but there is no greater famine that, than what is coming ahead. Okay? So, is that in the Bible? Yes. And you ask, who prophesied that? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Oh, actually, I, I asked that question. So uh, let me answer this, that question. The one who prophesied the greatest famine that is going to happen in the land is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So if you believe the Lord Jesus Christ, oh, I tell you, 
It's true. It's gonna happen. That's why I'm so sure that this future famine is going to happen because the prophet who predicted this future famine is not just anyone. It's not just any prophet, but he is the Son of God, the Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, and he prophesied, he predicted, oh, there's going to be famines. Okay? So guys, uh, join us again next week. Okay, so that's it. Thank you so much. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for blessing us. Lord, I pray that everyone who joined us today are blessed also. That, that whatever they've learned, let it grow in their hearts. Let it bear fruit. And let, thank you for your anointing. And now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord makes His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace, both now and forevermore. And all of God's people say, Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay? So we love you, family. Love you, friends. Thank you for joining us. See you again next week. And... Bye for now. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. Keep in touch with us via Facebook by going to facebook.com slash mfcdvo or search for Maranatha Family Church Davo on Facebook where we also stream our church services. Again, that's facebook.com slash mfcdvo. God bless. God bless.